I feel like if I were to send something, I usually preamble it with like, hey, no rush on this. Like, feel free to check it tomorrow. And I'm like, I can just avoid saying it by like scheduling it for the next day. Then the reason that I still want to send it or at least prepare to send it in that moment rather than like waiting to the next day is because it's like on my mind. Like I want to like kind of check it off my mental to-do list. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm Femke. And I'm Charlie. And today's episode comes by way of a listener question. We love doing these. We love when we get to hear what's on your mind and uh, like what you're thinking about to do with design work. Today's question is about using video to communicate at work. Uh, This listener is asking if we leverage that to communicate internally. Do we use tools like Loom to give feedback? Are we creating videos to give tutorials to our team, doing Q&As? And we thought that we would answer this, but also like zoom out a little bit wider and talk about the different asynchronous communication methods we do have with our teams, because obviously there's more to it than video. Uh, So that's what we're going to talk about today. But first though, fam, how are you doing? How's life? I'm doing really good. Thank you for asking. Uh, Oh, it's not like we ask every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. I'm really caught off guard here. I didn't prepare. Uh, No, I have been thinking a little bit about mixing up my sort of YouTube schedule a little bit. Um, People have probably noticed I haven't been posting very much this summer and it's kind of caused me to reflect a little bit on like the cadence of of when I want to upload. And I'm considering moving into seasons a little bit on YouTube. I haven't yet decided if they're going to be like themed seasons or just like I'm only going to post at certain times of the year. Um, But I'm leaning towards posting during like the fall and the spring, uh, which would give me like the summer off to kind of enjoy and also like the winter to take some holiday time. Uh, Because I'm just feeling like the pressure to upload consistently very regularly uh is is less of a priority to me as it used to be in the earlier days I feel for my channel so yeah I'm trying to figure out what that might look like and I think also with this approach I want to kind of almost like film in advance an entire like three months worth of content that sounds probably too ambitious but like how can I like try to like really prepare for a season of content in one go or like upfront as much as possible to like take off that pressure of having to like film every weekend and like work on my videos like throughout that time. So yeah, haven't fully figured out the details, but it's something I'm thinking about. Mm, that's really interesting to think about doing YouTube that way. Cause I mean, yeah, like you, my uploading has been, um, well, inconsistent. Let's just say that <laughs> oh, of late. Uh, and yeah, I wonder if, the packaging of a season like not only gives you a chance to take a break but also like lets you think about just this three-month period of content yeah like this is what it's going to be about this Mm -hmm. is what i'm going to do and then we'll think about the next one when the next one comes around yeah rather than every week being like okay what's this week's video exactly (laughs) exactly yeah and obviously i would like release them like i'd stagger release them i wouldn't drop like 10 videos at once oh you don't not going to do like a netflix and like no 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 No, please don't um yeah i think my only worry is like I know that YouTube in terms of like the algorithm is like not super kind to that uh and I've seen some of my other creative friends really struggling recently with views like I have a friend that has like 250,000 subs uploads like 30 minute long videos like good high quality content and is getting like less and less views 
Uh, and so, I don't know, I, I feel like YouTube is really favoring the short form content right now, which is, I know you've kind of experienced a little bit of that, Charlie, with mm-hmm. reels and stuff. I haven't gotten super into it. I'm not that interested in getting into that kind of content. So I don't know, it might be a flop, but uh, things in my life are changing and I'm like readjusting my priorities a little bit and I'm really enjoying my community, wanting to spend more time there. And so, um, yeah, wanting YouTube to be less and less like the main thing that I do. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I like that you're doing it in a way that's going to work for you, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And how, how about you? Anything exciting to share? Well... I did just click publish on my new website, whoop, which whoop, is very whoop. exciting. I've seen it. It looks amazing. Yeah, I hope by the time this episode goes out, I've maybe fixed some bugs that I'm sure are existing somewhere. Um, but yeah, that was like a two month long project, I think. I started it on sabbatical yeah. um, and then now just finished it up at the end of August. And I'm really pleased to have A, have it done, but B, like I'm really proud of the result. I I think it's a much better home and like hub for my content online and showcasing what I'm up to right now, just for like this stage of my career, you know? So yeah, happy, happy to have got that live finally. It looks very, very good. And if anything, very professional. Uh, I know that you you live streamed a little bit the process as well. Do you do you feel oh, like that... I live streamed almost all of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that kept you accountable? Like kept you to like keep showing up and like working on it? It definitely did well on sabbatical because mm. I was like, oh, I want to like live stream today. Oh, I guess I'll work on my website. But yeah, then it got to the, like the halfway point and I was like, I just want this project freaking done already. Yeah, and so right. I live streamed when I could, but I also did a lot more building off stream too. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm going to make a video like overview of it as well. So if anyone listening doesn't want to watch the like, gosh, I don't know, like 15 hours of live streams, <laughs> 20 hours of live streams that exist for this, don't worry. I'll like sum it up for you in a nice short video. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. But well, well done on the website, really. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Maybe we can do an episode of this podcast in the future about personal website and like the thinking behind it. I don't know. But um, yes. for now... Should we get into today's topic of communication at work? Yes. And before we do, a little intermediate segue is that we have a channel sponsor today for the podcast. Yeah. uh, Which is our very great friend, Zeppelin. No surprise. I was going to say, guess, guess, yell at your podcast player. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, Zeppelin has been very generous in continuing to sponsor Design Life, which we are very grateful for. If you've not heard of Zeppelin before, they're basically like a handoff tool on steroids where you can export (laughs) your Figma work or, you know, maybe you're using Adobe XD or anything uh, into Zeppelin and it will just like help you completely organize all of your work uh whether that's like a project or even if you're working on a design system you can actually bring your entire design system into figma and you can organize it you can add like descriptions it also has like the the code the css for you for the engineers uh just really a great way to organize all of your work uh, and also bring in collaborators. So non-designers who might not be used to using a design tool can easily access your design system in Zeppelin in a bit more of a user-friendly way. 
Yeah, and it like syncs components over from Figma, so you can basically only sync the final versions and the, the non-designers mm. on the team, the developers are just gonna see the like, this is the most up-to-date version and you can have your messy design file looking however you like uh, and they will just see this nicely organized space instead with all of the final work. So yeah, yeah definitely check out Zeppelin at zeppelin.io um, and see if it might be a good fit for your design team. Awesome. Well, let's get into async communication at work and communicating with your team. You and I are both working remote, Charlie. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm I'm curious to hear from you as someone who's kind of always been remote, even pre-pandemic. Um, what is kind of the culture at ConvertKit around communicating? Because you're in a different time zone from a lot of your team. Yep. So I'm imagining you probably rely a lot on asynchronous communication. What is that communication culture like? How does that kind of work for you? I would honestly say that we are not as asynchronous as I would like to be. I, I do think there's a balance between having to do everything on a video call with someone and like being super synchronous and being totally async and like hardly ever getting on, on a call with someone. I think there's a lot of value in synchronous communication, mostly for like the trust building and like, I don't know, having important discussions where things can perhaps get heated or misconstrued. I think face-to-face, -face, whether that's in person or on video call is always best. Um, but I do feel like I have a lot of meetings and that in my, like the end of my day, which is the morning for the US, I am pretty much always on Zoom calls and I would love to find ways to make some of those more asynchronous. But um, in general, our approach to asynchronous at ConvertKit, we use Slack a lot. Um, there's definitely a really good culture of not having to respond to a message immediately and like you don't have to worry about the time zone someone's in when you send the message like we trust every single person to manage their own hours and to only be checking slack when it's like time for them to be on slack uh, during the workday and so yeah I tend to just drop people messages as I'm thinking about things throughout my day and then they can answer it when theirs starts and I guess that's where I'll start us so like an overview it's like yeah slack is a big player in our yeah. async communication how about you same we obviously use slack for well not all. obviously because <laughs> at, at uber you didn't right that's true we didn't for like the first yeah we only moved to slack when the pandemic started because before that we there had we an internally built tool so Thank you yep. for correcting me. Uh, so we do use Slack. I just remember being shocked about that when, oh, when I, I was, learned it. Yeah. I was shocked about that when I joined on day one. Uh, okay, so we use Slack. Uh, I am in, I have a three hour time zone difference with most of my team. Mm -hmm. I'm on the West Coast. They're uh, sort of more on the East Coast. Um, and so I, at the end of my day, if I have a question or want to send something to someone, it's like already like after hours for them. So okay. I usually schedule, I'm a big scheduler of messages. Mm. So I will okay. schedule messages to go out like the next morning at their like 9am or whatever, or 10am. And it's funny because every time I do it, they reply saying, I hope this message was scheduled. And I'm like, yes, it was. <laughs> Cause they're so concerned about me like working too early, uh, which is very sweet. So yeah, I, I'm a big, uh, big user of the scheduled messages. Uh, if I want to send something to a teammate and it's like after hours for them. Um, I also am a big user of like video. So, uh, we don't use loom unfortunately, but we do use the inbuilt Slack has like an inbuilt loom, I guess, where you can like basically record a video inside Slack. Uh, and so I've used that in the past to sort of like 
communicate something maybe like I want to go through and share my thinking or rationale behind a design decision or like get some feedback from somebody else and like it requires a little bit more nuance than like a written chat message so sometimes I'll do that in a video um, just yesterday I actually used the audio memo feature in slack for the first time um, I, I had a message from someone who like asked me a question and I was like, this is gonna take me 10 minutes to write. I'm just gonna record a quick little audio clip. Uh, and they were like, wow, I've never never had someone send me an audio memo in Slack before, that was so cool. And I was like, you're welcome. So yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is I use a lot of different forms of async communication depending on the context, the person, what, what I'm trying to communicate. Um, and yeah, try to avoid those meetings as much as possible. What's your reason for scheduling versus just like sending it because the team know what time zone you're in? Yeah. Um, I don't want them to feel like they have to answer it because mm -hmm. it's like after hours for them. Um, I don't want them to get the thinking that it's like urgent when it's not. I feel like if I were to send something, I usually preamble it with like, hey, no rush on this. Like, feel free to check it tomorrow. And I'm like, I can just avoid saying it by like scheduling it. For the next day um then the reason that i still want to send it or at least prepare to send it in that moment rather than like waiting to the next day is because it's like on my mind like i want to like kind of check it off my mental to-do list of course um so that's why i still want to like send slash schedule it um but i want to be respectful that it's after hours for them and for them to not feel like they have to reply that's fair that's fair i wonder i think if um if i was like the one person outside of a different time zone from the rest of the team, I'd probably do that too. But I think that I would spend a lot of time calculating time zones <laughs> for all the different people and all the different yeah. time zones I message. For me, it's not that I complicated, I guess. Yeah. You're just like three hours done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Um, yeah. I guess for you, like what constitutes async, communi async communication versus like, oh no, we need to get on a call and like, walk or talk through this in, in like a meeting mm. setting we definitely try to avoid meetings being updates you know um yeah but meetings are the time for like discussion uh especially if, if something starts out in slack and it's like the thread is getting really long and there's a lot of people throwing in opinions and it's getting a little bit out of hand that's when it's like okay let's get on a call mm -hmm. <laughs> and just talk about this because for the person who's like needing the decision there's you know just too much going on um but yeah i do think that there is more we could do to embrace having like brainstorming or having discussions asynchronously um it's not async because we're still on a call but i've loved getting on a figma audio call with some of the oh, other designers fun fun yep. while i'm just like popping around figma or just in a fig jam and like oh this is this thought and maybe we've commented back and forth or maybe we start using the cursor chat oh yes i've done like, that yeah you know yeah <laughs> love me a cursor chat which is also synchronous but yeah then you send a few of those back and forth and you're like actually let's just hop on an audio call i love yeah. an audio call i think there's something about it that's just like they're shorter than video calls. I don't feel the need to like make it I half an hour or something. Yeah, I don't feel the need to perform on them. Yeah, like I'm not having to sit here smiling or like wave at the end because I'm a waver on Zoom. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sue me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just like an audio call every now and then. I think that I, I would say that recently, since uh, the start of the year when David joined the team, we've been embracing like Loom style videos more. Mm -hmm, he actually mm -hmm. uses a different tool 
but I use Loom um, for sharing work back and forth, sharing thoughts like here's where my head's at on this thing, um, which has definitely saved us on meeting time because we yeah. can both um, like, you know, consume that information when we're in the right headspace for it and when we have time for it, which has been an awesome way to yeah share designs for feedback. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I also have used, uh, I think it's called Huddle in Slack, where it's basically just like an audio call. You just like jump in a audio room together. Uh, I, I've used that with like my like close collaborators, like maybe my UX writer that I'm working with, mm. or like another designer that I want to walk through something with. Usually the conversation like starts with chat and then we'll be like, yep, Huddle. And then like, yeah, let's just get on like a little audio call and walk through it. And like sometimes those calls are two minutes, sometimes they're 15, like there's really no, I feel like, you know, with a, a actual meeting, it's like, okay, yeah, you have to perform, you have to be on, like, should I put it on the calendar? Prepare and like, for it, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I really like the audio calls to just like walk through and, and jam on something together with a colleague. Yeah, I like that a lot. What else do you have in place for asynchronous stuff? Like, um... Mm. Yeah, how do you ask for feedback on things asynchronously? Is it using that Slack video feature that you talked about? Do you have some sort of like sometimes know, docs place that you share things? Yeah, like if if it's a if it's a larger sized project, maybe there's a lot of stakeholders or like there's you know things that are happening really fast, and I want to make sure the team is like feeling like they're being brought along and and really informed and updated. I might post like a little video update into the like team or nice. project Slack channel. Uh, so I might just like walk through the designs. Sometimes there might be a request for feedback in that. Um, in addition to posting the video though, I also feel like it's really important to post a little like written summary. So like mm -hmm. if someone doesn't have the time to watch the video or if they just need like the takeaways or maybe there's like a really strong action item, like let's say it's a request for feedback, I'll make sure I, I type that and send it with the video. Like, you know, request like, please send feedback or, or add add your comments or feedback to the to the figma um so it's kind of like combining the written and the video together um but yeah sometimes i've also just like written and asked for feedback in the past um and we do a lot of feedback in figma comments so almost all of it is always captured in comments mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes that's the because there's a difference between like sharing something for feedback and giving feedback I have definitely, I personally prefer to have feedback written because mm -hmm. I know if I watch a video of someone giving feedback, I'm just going to have to take notes anyway. Right. And so it's helpful for me if someone has just already taken those notes, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. There is definitely something to the way that, that different people take on information differently, you know? Um, so I do what you do as well. I'm never just going to like drop a link to a loom and expect people <laughs> to click on it and know what it is. There's yeah. always like a bit of context behind yeah. it. And uh, I have one person um, at Convert who has every now and then sent me audio messages in Slack that ah, you were talking about yes, before, yes, like yes. the audio memo. And I do not like to listen to audio memos, but <laughs> Slack has a auto transcript feature on oh, them. So cool, cool. I don't even have to listen to it. I can just like click on it, read what she was saying, and I yeah. get the message. She got to deliver it in the way that suited her. I got to read it in the way, in the way that suited, it suited me. you. Yeah. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really, really cool. I actually didn't realize that they had that feature. I don't think anyone has ever sent me an audio memo, but yeah, I've I've started sending a few. I'm gonna go send you one now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, what you were saying around like, you know, everyone captures feedback differently. Uh, even in context where say I'm 
giving a more like design review or doing like a little crit with my team that might be like in a meeting um i'm definitely one of those where like as my peers are giving me feedback i'm leaving figma comments to like nice. remind yes, myself yes, yes. yeah because yep, otherwise I, I will forget them or lose them so like mm-hmm. people are verbally giving me feedback because we're like in a meeting and we're walking through it and i'm like typing them out as comments throughout the figma as we're going kind of as like little notes to myself like save for later yes figma commenting like, i'm so glad they improved the system there was a time where i was still using envision mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. design crit and feedback and things i remember yeah yep but now that figma is like its game is real stepped up you know and yep. so yep. yeah i'm using that for for capturing all feedback now too um and leaving notes for for people of like about what I want to see them try next. Um, yeah, I found myself using Loom either to share my own design for for feedback, right, and talk someone through it, or sometimes I share. I make a Loom to walk someone through my thinking, like around the file. If I'm like yes. this compared to this, it's easier to show that visually rather yes. than describe. Oh, your first artboard versus the third one. Um, so yeah, I was doing this recently with um, Holly, our graphic designer, about some illustration and imagery styles i was like i really like this one not so sure about this one as i'm like Mm -hmm, zooming around mm -hmm, the fifth jam mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and yeah i think it works really well for that because it it cuts down on the like you're sure that someone's getting the right context because they can see it on the screen yeah yes totally totally i wonder do you know if you can embed loom videos inside figma because i feel like that would be something that would be pretty cool like when someone comes to your figma file Mm. it's like watch this video for like you know, context setting or the an context, intro yeah. or like for a tour around the file and like maybe your request for feedback. Um, I feel like that would be really cool. I don't know if you can embed videos in there, but that would be awesome. That would be awesome. It feels like something that if it existed, it would be in Fig Jam rather than Figma, you know, mm, but I don't know mm, actually mm, if it exists. Yeah. Actually, that brings up something for me because one problem often with things being asynchronous is the time that someone shares the link or like says the thing is different from the time that you are going to click on it right right and i don't know about you but in slack things can move fast i might see something in a channel at the beginning of the day and i'm like okay i need to address that usually i use the slack remind me in whatever hours feature but you know sometimes i don't or sometimes i want to come back to it another day and like remind myself of it mm-hmm. and then i'm like fuck what channel was that in <laughs> where did <laughs> yeah, i see I saw that, in the that first somewhere place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's been um an issue that at the moment we're trying to solve for at convertkit by um more religiously using our project management tool right. we use monday.com for our like timeline and like road mapping i guess of marketing and brand design projects and we are so used to just Slack being the place we contact each other that we're constantly dropping links to Looms or links to feedback yeah. or requests for feedback in Slack. And now we're trying to make sure we put it in a conversation in the task in Monday. Yes. So that way, if you're looking for something to do with this project, you can just go to there and you know you're going to find it. Yeah, I think that is a real problem because things get lost in the feed of, of Slack. And like something about Slack is so... It's, it's an immediate tool, right? Like it's like immediate mm. communication. And yeah, if you're not ready to like action on something in there right away, I too use the Slack reminder features, but I like, yeah, either like it reminds me at an inconvenient time for some reason, <laughs> or I like forget that it reminded me. You forget to re-remind. Forget yeah. <laughs> to re-remind. And I'm like, it's like nagging in the back of my head. Like there was something, where is it? Where is it? Um, so yeah, I like the idea. It's almost like having a source of truth, right? For the project. Yeah. And like, 
somewhere where it's like things that uh, that don't need to be actioned on straight away like it's not like maybe an immediate conversation or a discussion but it's like here's kind of a task for the team like get to it in your own time by this day but like mm-hmm. yeah where do you save those things I guess that's something slack is not very good at right now yeah what is um what does your team use for that do you have uh like a different documentation system or no. project management no um, we don't have any kind of project management system um we didn't at uber either and it's always been something i've like wanted because slack mm. is great but i i also like the very organized more like yeah async like here's the project here's all the links you need here's like the key decisions being made like where do you kind of keep all of that stuff um yeah is is not something that i've had gotten to really experience and i will say like that it's hard because even with having sure a system yeah. technically in place we don't use it well enough to actually fully get the benefits out of it's yeah, so yeah, yeah. i don't know it's hard to make yourself get in that habit um at times we we used to use Basecamp for a lot mm-hmm, of this actually mm-hmm, every mm-hmm. single project we worked on had its own like Basecamp project and we'd make posts for when there was time to give feedback and things like that um, but as Basecamp has iterated over the years, it's become yeah. less and less useful, I would say. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're no longer um, doing everything in Basecamp. Now Basecamp is the place for like one-to-many communication. Mm. So it's like I post my cycle updates in there. We get important team updates in there about like strategy or I don't know. Whenever, if someone's leaving, they're going to post post about it in Basecamp. That's oh, like a little goodbye message. Yeah. Um, so that's like our and then like some people comment but it's not really expected to be a, a great big discussion space anymore which it yeah. used to be does your posts in like monday.com or basecamp do they get cross posted into slack they often do mm-hmm. um not automatically which okay, i think okay. is a good thing because yeah. i think if you want to build up the habit of checking the other tool then you're just going to keep people in their same habit if they're like well everything's in slack anyway yeah Um, yeah 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 but i do have the monday app connected to slack Mm -hmm. so if someone tags me in a comment in there it does show up in in slack which is very useful right that Um, is useful yeah yeah same with figma i have figma is attached to slack so if someone comments on a file or replies to me then i see it in there Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. which is handy but it it keeps because those are in like direct messages it keeps any discussion stuff in the tool that it's supposed to be in yes whereas if it was posted to a main public channel i think we'd all be tempted just to talk in that thread instead of going into the tool yeah 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 it makes me think that there's like something about figma comments that just works because like it must work otherwise we'd be having those discussions in slack right and i guess like Mm. i guess what's working about it is that it's the, the content is tied to the work like so closely yep. like that's so valuable um i often use the this is like a hidden feature when you leave a comment in figma you can actually click and drag to highlight the area that you want to give the comment on um what? yes i know it creates a little like box around like whatever you're drawing around and i've been starting to use that a little bit more to like really be specific about like this is the area i'm giving feedback on or like this is the element um, and I think it's just small things like that that just make it so valuable that that it's worth doing it in that tool rather than in Slack. I will say that one thing that maybe maybe I'm commenting wrong, but one thing that Figma comments don't do is stick with a frame. Like <laughs> there's been times where I'm like moving things around in a file and I pick up all the frames and then there's just like comment, comment, comment dotted all over the yes, place. And I'm yeah. like, oh dear. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I think they've been working, as you mentioned, like they have definitely been improving the commenting functionality recently. I feel like there's probably mm-hmm. more coming. I would love ways to like tag comments, right? And like organize comments in some mm. ways. Like how can I bring up all comments related to whatever, like insert term here um, or yeah, comments by this person. Maybe I, I want to address comments from a really senior stakeholder or something, right? Mm. Um, I'm sure I'm sure that they're thinking about these things, but yeah, it would be cool to, cool to see. And if they're not, and if there's any Figma people listening, yeah, hit congratulations, us you just got some free user <laughs> research. You did, you did. <laughs> I love it. What else? Is there any sort of other, um, like, you know, like I said, Basecamp is our tool for mm-hmm, mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. team communication things. Is And it's sort of like the the hub of, of that stuff. We also have Guru, which is a hub of docs, sort of like process things. So if I'm like, okay, how do I apply for medical leave? Then I can find the answer in Guru, that sort of thing. Ah, um, like an Do you have anything... Yeah, yeah, like it. And it, that's such an old word, but I know, yeah, but it's, an intranet. It's a, you're right. It's a real yeah. word. word. <laughs> yep. Okay. Do you have an intranet? <laughs> uh, we are working on getting a new intranet. So historically, we had used a tool called Quip, which I do not recommend. It's awful. Okay. You may as well use Google Docs. So we switched to Google Docs, which was a huge okay. mammoth effort. Like all teams had to copy and paste all their content across tools. Crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, it sounds like we're moving to a pilot of notion for like a company intranet, mm. uh, which I'm excited about cause I like notion. I think it's good. Uh, so we will be moving to that, but we're not at that stage yet. Um, so yeah, right now it's like all in, in Google docs, which like honestly isn't great for like, like if you need to find like something about benefits, you have to like search for it and like hope you're searching kind of the right thing and that you can find mm. it. Um, so I think I'm looking forward to Notion. Yeah, that's the thing. I was going to say when you said might as well be using Google Docs, I was like, oh, that bad, huh? Yeah, no, yeah, it is. It is that bad. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're using. Um, we do sometimes use Google Docs as a team to co-author async updates that then get posted in Slack. So, right. for example, like every Monday or something, the PM might post like an update around the, the status of the project and like what we're focusing on this week, any like action items. And we'll like co-author that in Slack and then, uh, sorry, in Google Docs. And then the PM will like copy and paste it into Slack. Yeah, that's interesting. We will sometimes do that too. Like Google Docs is our place to go to collaborate on um, a strategy doc or something together. Yeah. Um, and then often it ends up getting posted into Basecamp. So like just one right. person posted in there. But it's also made me think about how there is times where we prefer to just share a link to a Google Doc because it allows for inline commenting so that anyone can like ask a question at a certain point. It's sort of like the Google Doc version of a Figma comment, right? When you're clicking on the space you want to leave a comment about. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you cannot do that in Basecamp, but <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll sometimes keep things in Google Docs for that reason, just because it's makes it easier to have the sub discussions. Yes, and for people to call out things uh, along the way. Yeah, honestly, commenting in Google Docs, like, so, like yeah, I, I can't imagine using Google Docs without the commenting feature. It's really quite good for like a mm-hmm. a dinosaur tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love. I wonder how Google would feel about us calling Sorry. it a dinosaur tool, but yeah, honestly, at least they're pageless now. Like at least now yes. you don't have to have that page divider. <laughs> yes, it's like ten years too late, but it's fine. We'll take it. Yep. 
Um, let's end with, I mean, I sort of opened up this, this discussion point, uh, asking or like talking about how I feel like I would like to be more asynchronous than I currently am. I'm curious for how it is for you. How do you feel about async versus synchronous? Um, is it at the level that you'd want? Yeah. 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 I think, I think for me, it's pretty good right now. Um, I would love to do more like, like audio calls i think with my with my yeah. peers instead of like sometimes we have like a back and forth slack conversation for like 30 minutes um mm -hmm. and like i don't know in those moments i'm like oh maybe it would be nice if we just got on a huddle or something you know or got on a little quick call but sometimes it's hard because they might be in a meeting but i'm free or like you know yeah. then the conversation gets broken i don't hear for half an hour and then like they don't hear for half an hour um so yeah, I don't know quite like how to solve for that, um, but I would like to do more audio calls, I think, rather than like full on video meetings. Yeah, they sort of feel like in the middle. Yeah, in between. <laughs> A bit more. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I like it. Yeah, I, I like the idea of doing more audio calls as well. And yeah, thinking through what meetings I can cut down on. Uh, which is hard because I know as a manager I'm in more than the people that I'm meeting with and so for them the meeting is like a great time for that connection piece but I'm like I got my connection fill in the other like 40 meetings I had this week already right, so right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is something that I need to work on by like looking at my calendar and really just being critical of what needs to be a meeting and what doesn't. Yeah, something that just came to mind for me actually this week, my PM and I did a bit of a roadshow across teams uh, where we like shared our approach to a problem and like got feedback individually from each team. And we were so exhausted because we basically did the same meeting like back to back, like six times wow. across different teams. Like we'd start by presenting this exact same thing. And like reflecting back, I'm like, maybe we should have just like pre-recorded a little video and like played it at the start of the meeting and then get into the feedback. Um, in hindsight, I wonder if that would have been better because we were both so tired of like giving the same presentation over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, I wonder how that could have been done differently. That's an interest. It's interesting that your solution that you're thinking of was pre-record a video but play it synchronously to everyone yeah and i think that that's because sometimes with asynchronous it is hard to make sure that everyone's reading or like seeing yes. the important yes. things and comes right? prepared yeah to talk about yeah. it mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah that is why we still have like every monday we have a meeting called state of the business where for the first 15 minutes we are all sitting there reading a google doc together ah. so it's like doing a thing that very easily could be asynchronous but we're doing it synchronously everyone's leaving comments at the same time and like we're building an agenda for the rest of the meeting together and uh, i think it's because if if that update was purely just read this doc yeah there wouldn't be as many useful discussions coming from it yeah um or people just might not read it because they get busy and they're like yeah, yeah, I'll just yeah. Skip it this week. yeah <laughs> i've heard that is it amazon or adobe it might be both but i i've heard that they have this culture of every single meeting starts with like here's a thing that we're all going to sit for five minutes and read in silence together um like that's part of their culture which is super interesting um yeah, it's it's another tactic. I think there's there's time and place for it for sure. And just plenty of different ways to do this whole remote work thing, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And I think we're still we're still figuring it out, I feel like yeah, it's it's a journey, I think. Absolutely. And there'll be new tools that pop up that we'll try. 
and like like more than Google Docs or not. <laughs> uh, and we'll, I don't know, I guess that this means we have content for years to come on this podcast. Yes, <laughs> with yes. With things changing so much. Absolutely. But where can people go, fam, to find more episodes of the show? Yeah, you can go to designlife.fm and you can listen to all of our podcast episodes asynchronously whenever you want. This is not a live Yeah, because we don't do this live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can listen to them there. You can also follow us on Twitter at designlife.fm. Let us know if you have a topic request. We love addressing mm. listener requests just like this one. You can always tweet us or email us hello at designlife.fm. And I'll say on that that no question is too nerdy nope. or too specific or detailed. Nope. We've been doing this show for many years. And so we are keen to dig in on the like more than the surface level topics, yes. you know, or like more than the things that have been done before. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again to Zeppelin as well for sponsoring this episode of the show. They're going to be continuing to support us um, through the rest of the year. And we're just really stoked to have them on board and doing that. Um, so check them out at Zeppelin.io for your design team spec handoff needs awesome we'll chat again next week bye bye